Welcome to the Public Health Networker, the official podcast of the Public Health Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dr. April Moreno. Join us as we speak to public health professionals around the country and around the world in global, community, and environmental health topics. Join us also as we speak to podcasters in this field of public health. To learn more about us, visit publichealthpodcasters.com. And in the meantime, enjoy the episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Public Health Networker. Is Melanie. She is an epidemiologist and she's also a public health nurse. I'm really excited to have this conversation today about public health nursing and maybe a little bit about epidemiology in the mix as well. Welcome, Melanie. Thanks, April, for having me. Uh, great to be here. Thank you so much. So tell us a little bit more about you, your background in epidemiology, public health, and nursing. Sure. So I am actually a fairly new epidemiologist. Um, I've only been, I've only had epidemiologist as my job title for about a year and a half now. Um, So prior to that, um, I worked as a public health nurse in a local public health department in the Denver metro area in Colorado, um, doing kind of a a large variety of, of different things that public health nurses can do in that setting. Uh, and then after the pandemic began, um, I was one of the first people activated to um, kind of the incident response uh, back in January of 2020, before we even had our first case in the state. Um, at the time, it was one of the the folks who had been on the communicable disease control program at the local public health department. So it kind of made sense um, for myself and then eventually other nurses from the same team. Um, to start doing case investigations um, and and outbreaks and helping, um, you know, answer the phone when people were calling the health department just crazily um, who needed answers to questions or, or links to resources or guidance um, on infection control with what we knew at the time. Um, and then about uh, maybe seven months after the, after I got activated, um, we got federal funding at the health department in order to Uh, kind of expand the COVID-19 activities that we were doing. So instead of, you know, public health staff having to do two jobs, pandemic response, plus what their normal day job was, um, to just have a dedicated, you know, staff who were working on COVID-19. And so as as part of that funding increase, um, the, we, created some additional epidemiologist positions. um, And I went into the school epidemiologist role um, for the county that I worked for. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And so do you like it? Do you like epidemiology? I do. Yeah. I uh, About five years after starting um, as a public health nurse, I decided to go back for graduate school and I went and got my master's of public health. Um, and while the MPH degree that I sought was technically a generalist program, I did do all of my electives in epidemiology epidemiologic coursework. Um, so applied epi and biostatistics, any class I could get that taught those skills um, I took. And then I just kind of kept that in my back pocket and I was in the right place at the right time um, for when an epidemiology role came along doing actually what I enjoyed most in public health nursing, which was infectious diseases. Excellent. So, you know, I find that we're on like these different sides of the spectrum. Either you love epidemiology, you love statistics, or you don't. <laughs> so where, where are you on that spectrum? <laughs> so I'll be, I'll be honest, like my role um, 
right now does not involve that much in the way of statistical work. There are other EPIs at the health department who are more kind of in that heavy duty data um, data manipulation and analysis role. I mean, I do I do analysis as well, but not as not as much as the people <laughs> whose primary job role is, is for that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a bit more on the applied EPI side, um, so doing things like um, infection control advice and case investigation and outbreak mitigation um, in the role that I'm in. And, I, and honestly, a bit of policy um, development and um, uh, policy review or advocacy as well, a lot of um, building relationships um, between different stakeholders. So when I was still doing the the school role, obviously I interacted with, you know, a lot of school health staff um, and then schools that didn't have school nurses, um, school administrators of colleges, trade schools um, to kind of be their point of contact um, in public health as they were, you know, dealing with, with um, COVID-19 throughout the, the first two years of, of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. So I love the concept of applied epi. I guess I've never really personally um, heard that conversation before um, working in public health agencies in the past I've heard you know I've seen a lot of epi opportunities and also applied for them where it was just like SAS heavy like just constant mm -hmm. like data programming um, and just analysis of big data sets as like what those epidemiologists were doing but I really appreciate this conversation on the applied sure. side and how you know it doesn't have to be so painful <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, like, I wish my, like, my, my statistics skills are, are okay, but I wish I, I knew more about programming. Like, the, I, my MPH program um, had us learn on Stata, which is very point and click, um, which, which was nice as, as someone who didn't really have that, you know, computer programming background. Um, but I, <laughs> Like it's not what's used at my health department. Um, yeah. So I, at some point, I'm probably going to have to teach myself R and I'm just <laughs> really dragging my feet on it. Okay, yeah, I, I find R to be maybe more enjoyable than SAS. So um, I personally enjoy R for like GIS stuff, but um, okay. yeah, I think, I mean, you understand the, the purpose and you understand when right. to use what. So I think you're gonna be totally fine. <laughs> Thanks um, for the vote of confidence. Yeah. So um, tell us a little bit more about um, you know your your experience in public health nursing um, and you know what um, that uh, career uh, looks like for people as an option. Sure. Yeah, so um, I actually started as a public health nurse straight out of nursing school, um, which is not generally the way that that goes. Um, most of the time in nursing school, nurses are told that they need to go work at least two years on a medical surgical unit in a hospital before they can go to another specialty, but that's just not true. <laughs> um, about half of nurses actually do not work in an acute care setting in the United States. There are so many places that nurses can can go and do it and be nurses and grow. Um, and and have often, I think, have a really unique perspective um, that maybe somebody else without that educational background um, or philosophical framework might not might not have. Um, so as a, as a generalist public health nurse, I did a lot. Um, my primary role at first was kind of in a sexual health clinic. So I saw appointments for uh, folks who were coming in to get pregnancy testing or started on birth control um, or who 
were using birth control, but maybe wanted to change to another method, um, sexually transmitted infection and HIV testing and treatment appointments as well, um, was kind of the purview of the clinic. And then I had also kind of done some case management for the vasectomy program that we had and trained to immunizations, um, did a lot of outreach. Um, so a lot of, you know, if someone called the health department and was like, I need someone to come teach sex ed to these, you know, high school biology class, um, I'd be the person who went out and did that. Um, I, I served on a lot of community um, organizations that were kind of focused on the areas of clinic that I worked in. So um, teen mental health, um, teen pregnancy prevention, teen sexual health, um, adolescent health was really my jam. Uh, but other other pieces too. Um, I did the HIV program for a little while until we got more funding and then it became like way more than just one person <laughs> could do. Um, I worked, I did harm reduction. So um, at the health department we had, we launched a syringe services program. Um, so where people who use uh, injection drugs can come in, um, safely dispose of used equipment and then exchange for new sterile stuff um, in order to you know, make a dent in HIV and hep C rates in, in the community, but also doing a lot of things like overdose prevention education, giving Narcan, um, I mean, not administering it in clinic, but <laughs> giving it to them so that they can be the first responders out in the community um, with that. Um, a lot of education and coalition around that. And then kind of like the final frontier um, <laughs> for me of like things to cross train to, because as you can tell, I have the attention span of a squirrel. <laughs> um, I uh, was communicable disease control. Um, so that was the final program that was kind of available for me to dip my toes in as a generalist. And I had been doing that for about a year and a half um, when the pandemic started. Mm -hmm. And so for the um, communicable disease control program, um, when we received reports from the state health department um, of you know, reportable conditions like foodborne illnesses, vaccine preventable diseases, zoonotics, um, travel illnesses, um, we would the nurses would call those folks to do a case interview and do um, further follow-up and education, um, maybe get environmental health involved if we suspected maybe like unsafe food handling practices at a, at a restaurant or, or something like that, for example, or if a, like a childcare um, had a, a norovirus outbreak, so, <laughs> norovirus season right now, mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. so much. <laughs> um, so yeah, just a very, very wide variety um, of, of stuff, um, a lot on the kind of one-to-one -one clinical level, but also a lot kind of with the community and um, relationships building um, with other organizations as well, and kind of the whole, the care of the, um, of the whole population that you're, that you're serving as a local health department versus just the person that's in front of you in a clinic setting. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to me. I mean, I've, I've, I've worked with public health nurses in the past, um, we were in the same department, for example, in LA County, I was working in substance abuse prevention and mm -hmm. control, and we had public health nurses there in our department. Um, I'm so curious to hear a little bit more about maybe um, the experience of a public health nurse um, versus someone like for me, who was a research analyst, I was just kind of working on the policy side and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, so I'm curious, so, you know, just to kind of spell this out a little more and describe this experience a little bit for our listeners. Uh, public health nurses, it sounds like it's both a community um, public health traditional mm -hmm. interaction, but it's also kind of a one-to-one -one, um, individual patient interaction in, at some level. 
Is it that can be. Yeah. I mean, um, local public health is so very different anywhere you go in the United States. Um, in Colorado, where I am, public health is very localized. We do have a state health department, um, but the kind of boots on the ground work is done um, at the at the county at the county level out here, um, versus somewhere like Wyoming or Alaska, where public health or Maine, um, where public health is very much at the state level. And while you might be like in the local office you're still an employee of the state health department. You're not an employee of, you know, the, the local township um, or the county, the way you might be here. And so it just kind of depends on what the services that are offered by that health department. Um, mm -hmm. Some health departments, like the, the most clinical that they might get is like, maybe they'll do a flu shot clinic, <laughs> you know, in the fall and that's it. Mm -hmm. um, but others um, in other states like here, uh, but also in like California, are very, very robust in that one-to-one -one, um, kind of services that they provide. Um, many county health departments also um, have um, home visiting programs where nurses may go and, and visit folks at home for a variety of reasons. Um, pretty commonly, we uh, we might see if like first-time parents um, or first-time pregnant and parenting folks um, or families who might have involvement with like um with human services in with, like a child abuse or neglect case you know just kind of a, an additional resource you know to work on mm -hmm. um, parenting skills or resource finding or whatever it is that family needs to um to be more stable um or kids with special needs doing care coordination um there's just a, a million things <laughs> that okay. uh, that we can do it just kind of depends on what um what that local health department offers Okay. Yeah. So I'm curious about, you know, uh, with a public health nurse's role, let's say someone's interested, maybe they've done a bachelor's in public health. Um, can you tell us a little oh, no, bit did about- Did it freeze? <laughs> did it freeze? Is, are, are we okay? No? Oh, there you are. Okay. You're, oh, you yeah, froze so, for a second. And you're oh, no. <laughs> yeah. The internet's a little funny right now, I guess. Um, so I was just curious. So for example, if someone were doing a bachelor's in public health or something, and then they were interested in learning about public health nursing, um, mm -hmm. what would you tell them? How, how could they get started? Tell us what are the, the highlights of public health nursing? Sure. So if someone is wanting to be a public health nurse, obviously you need a nursing license. <laughs> Can't really do that without that. Um, so most um, I'd say not, again, it kind of depends where you are, but much of the time a bachelor's of science of nursing is the, the baseline entry educational requirement for public health nursing. Um, in some states like California, there might be an additional certification, um, but you need to obtain to, in order to be called a public health nurse. Um, and then in in other places, um, particularly more rural areas, um, an associate's degree in nursing is also fine. Um, so a two-year degree instead of a four-year degree. And some places will also hire a licensed vocational nurse or LVN, which is typically a, um, a one-year program plus its other prerequisites. Um, for someone who has a bachelor's in public health um, or, or other bachelors, there are also educational programs that are what we call kind of accelerated bachelors of science of nursing or ABSN programs, which are for folks who have, um, who have a bachelor's in something else that's not nursing. And then they kind of go through this um, <laughs> trial by fire in a, you know, 15 to eight, 12 to 12 to 18 month program um, to pop out with their, um, with their bachelor's in science of nursing. 
um, and then they can take their licensure exam. Um, so, I mean, you need a nursing license for that. Um, and then generally the, the educational floor will be uh, a bachelor's in science of nursing. Um, the, I, I would say it's, it's helpful to like, if someone is interviewing to be a public health nurse for the first time, um, it's it's hard to find experienced public health nurses. We're kind of <laughs> we're kind of rarer than hen's teeth sometimes um, for filling an existing position. And many places may hire new grads. Not 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 all do. But if you're kind of putting your toe in for public health nursing for the first time, um, it helps to be able to demonstrate um, you know some aspect of community care. So if you're volunteering at um, it, like a, a a medical clinic that provides you know free care for people experiencing homelessness or you volunteer with a a syringe access or harm reduction program um, or just something you know something that shows that you're aware that health disparities exist um, and that you care about making a difference about them um, and working with um, populations that are you know historically and presently marginalized or disenfranchised um, because that's often who you're serving in a when you're doing that one-to-one -one, um, care that a public health nurse may provide. Thank you and so I'm just imagining you know if someone were to listen to this episode and I do want to share it with um, people who I do know who are nurses or interested in nursing as well and how we can bridge public health and nursing together mm -hmm. and I think that's a wonderful uh, combination of things so um I I, I can I, I'm guessing that because of the need of what happened with the pandemic you saw that there was this need for more epidemiological assistance. And so you yeah. proceeded into the Masters of Public Health, and then you got your epidemiology um, kind of credentials or whatever, so that you could work in the field in, in this specific capacity. Um, if the nursing opportunities were to arise again in the future, is that something you're still looking into? I, I could see myself going back to um, a generalist kind of public health nursing role. I don't think acute care will ever be for me, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I, I, I mean, I enjoy care of the community and care of, of, of the population. Um, so I, I could see that, but I'm, I'm really enjoying kind of exploring this, um, this new avenue that's open to me. Um, kind of my, my next kind of career goal is to get certified as an infection preventionist. Mm -hmm. um, so that I can do more in this um, kind of communicable disease control role that I'm in mm -hmm. um, as I've been moved from, um, I'm no longer working on uh, COVID response. I'm just, I've just kind of gone back to general communicable disease control. Um, so kind of a little rusty on that, but I still remember how to do a camp bilobacter interview. So <laughs> you know, I'll get there. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of where, where I'm hoping to go next. I don't know that I'll jump job roles anytime soon, but I like, to have a, a myriad of experience so that, you know, if, if I decide I wanna do something else, I, I have the skill set to be able to do it. I love that. So the you have the opportunity to change different um, fields, the different types of even disease fo mm -hmm. focuses, foci. foci. Um, <laughs> so you can do all of these different things now. And if you choose to go back into public health nursing, that's available to you as an option as well. I like that you have all of these different um, experiences and basically just as the different needs arise as it began with the pandemic, mm -hmm. um, I think that's wonderful. Just sharing your story with us about how 
varied public health can be, and even within one career, how the different varieties of tasks and uh, capacities mm -hmm. and disease um, groups, um, topics can be. So, <laughs> yes. So, um, what advice would you give to someone who is maybe opening this um, new door into considering the field of public health nursing? So first, if they're not already a member of their um, state public health association, I would really encourage that they join up or at least you know attend a virtual networking event or in person if you're comfortable with that and they're hosting them <laughs> uh, because that is the way you're going to find public health nursing jobs is you know those are the movers and shakers of public health in in your local area um so getting to know them and be familiar with them volu volunteering with them if they have initiatives going on um is going to be a great way to get that foot in the door um i would also um it, it, it's a it's a misconception, I think, with public health nursing that you need a master's degree in order to do this job. You really don't. Um, I mean, it helps if you want to go into advanced roles like the one that I'm doing, um, or if you want to, you know, look into like program management, or if you want to be, you know, a supervisor or something. Typically, you would need um, a graduate degree of of some sort for that. Um, so I, I think it's a, yeah. I think a lot of nurses think that you have to have a master's um, to do this and. Sometimes, yes, but generally for most entry roles, you, you don't. Um, so yeah, get involved with your local um, affiliate um, for American Public Health Association. And yeah, just <laughs> start there. Um, and if, if someone, um, you know, if a nurse is interested in chatting public health nursing, I'm available on Twitter as well. Um, at M-R-O-G-E-R-S-R-N um, is my handle. Thank you so much. And so again, that was M-R-O-G-E-R-S-R-N. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you so much. And um, yeah, any last, um, I guess my last question for you is kind of, where do you see yourself in like, let's say three years from now? <laughs> Ooh, where would you like uh, to be three years from now? Let's see, three years from now, I would like to have a side gig doing public health consulting um possibly or maybe career change into a global health role um taking you know the experience that i've had so far as a generalist public health nurse but then also as an epidemiologist um because i think there's there's a lot of things that nurses with advanced public health training can do um can do out there and can do a lot of good and i'd like to put my talents to making wherever i am um you know a better place for the for the people that i work with Thank you so much. I agree with you. I think that uh, from what I've seen in the nursing field, that there is so much variety of um, opportunity in the field. Uh, there's just so much that can be done, um, even just into administrative leadership. And now you've got that combination with public health, which is also another whole other um, set of options. So mm -hmm. you've got a lot um, that you can offer as a consultant for the future. So, and I wish you all the best. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode today.